Hey, just want to take a quick break from this episode so I could tell you guys about how I just launched my new Patreon page. If you don't know about Patreon, it's a great way for people to support creators with a monthly subscription. Becoming a Patreon supporter can even come with a few perks, like early access to new episodes and getting special shout outs on the podcast. I've recently started working part time at my job so I can focus more time and energy on the podcast and YouTube channel. So any support would be massively appreciated and it helps me towards my hope of making this my full time job someday. So if you want to help support me in that, please head over to patreon.com slash hoop theory. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash hoop theory. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome to the Aaron Baines episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, aka episode 46. My name is Logan Wortman, and today, as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Jacob Roth. Jacob, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm pretty good. A little sunburnt on my face, but it actually doesn't look that bad here in the camera um, for those watching on video. But uh, yeah, so what do you think about Aaron Baines being the episode muse for today? I fought to have a lot of Celtics that shouldn't be the player be the player and Aaron Baines is not the one. Uh, I didn't even fight for Aaron Baines. Really? I was yeah, voting no. for other things and kind yeah, of but, went, went by default for who was available. Uh, Cause yeah. I, I believe we narrowed it down that there was like not 16 players, but it was like 18 instances of a player wearing the number 46. Like it doesn't happen. Yeah. So between like five or six players wasn't it or it maybe like, seven I, yeah it was like yeah it was very because it was, it was two like, of them had eight and then the rest had the rest of them it was like under 10 players for sure i yeah. guess i could just pull it back yeah and, and he's talking like number of years for a person wearing the number 46 yeah, like how many seasons somebody the, has donned the number the number of instances it's a it's an interesting issue yeah that we haven't really re- like we've had some Slim Pickens, but not as slim as 46, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, and that I feel like that's been the most unexpected rare number because I feel like 46 isn't, when I would think about it, like the first people that come to mind right away. Like there's some numbers that I cannot, nobody comes to mind for a little while. Like I have to think about it for a while. When I think of 46, I had Aaron Baines in my mind right away. Well, when we get John to the Conchar. 80s, it'll be rough. Oh yeah, 80s. I think there's, I saw a post the other day actually, which was right up our alley um, by ESPN or somebody posted it that showed like all the jersey numbers that have never been worn in NBA history. There's only a handful of them, but there's like- 82? 82 is one of them, yeah. 87 is one of them. Yep. 80 itself is one of them. 79 is one. 78 is one. I think 64 is one. Uh, 64 and 68. 64 was one. 68 is one. Nobody's ever won 69. Or it's just mm-hmm. banned now, so they don't like have it. I know that uh, Dennis Rodman tried to. When and he, they said no. And then yeah. they just made it like a rule for everyone, so they couldn't like say they were being a jerk to Dennis Rodman, the worm specifically. Yeah. So he wore 70 instead. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, uh, I feel like it would be cool though if somebody did wear like, like I've always out, thought that. out of their way to like be like I'm gonna be the guy yeah. that wears 87. 87 would be cool. I feel like 87 is a cool number. There's a lot you know of 88s. I, mean? I guess it's a double up. That's why there's a lot of them. 
Yeah, because the reason why so many people do like not so oh, many people, why there's a few, especially Europeans, they do this where they uh, have a number that they like. Like there's a lot of Europeans that like seven or eight. And so then when they're on a team where seven or eight is already taken, they just go to 77 or 88. Like that's why Luca wears 77 is because his favorite number is seven. And when he got to the Mavs, Dwight Powell already had number seven. So he just went to 77. And then Nemanja Bielica wore 88 on the Kings because uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich was already number eight. So that's that's the reason they do that. But um, I feel like if you if you went like 85 or 87, 84. There's two players and uh, they both were on the 2011 Celtics somehow. Chris Johnson. That's not when they wore them, right? That's he wore it in 2011. And both of them wore it the same season. Both in 2011. Okay. Semi Erden and Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson. Did not shadow Josinko. No, different different Chris Johnson. This Chris Johnson is a, an LSU product. Three-year mm. NBA career with four teams. I feel like I, I recognize that. 20, like obviously, 2011 the name Portland is... draft. Drafted by Portland in 2011. And oh, then, there's uh, been two Chris Johnsons. I, honestly, the fact that there's only been two is kind of insane. Yeah. The other and they played around the same time too. One left the league as the other entered, and both of them played for the Celtics. Wow! I don't remember either of these Chris Johnsons to be one hundred percent honest with you. I don't think I do either. Now that I Chris see their Johnson, faces. I know ran for two thousand yards in two thousand eight. So. Yeah, <laughs> or two thousand nine. Maybe it was two thousand ten. I don't even know. Was there two football players in Chris, Chris Johnson? Two famous ones? Like there's a, a running back and a wide receiver? Yeah. Was the, like the running back was a good, like a good running back, right? Yeah, like had the NFL rushing record in a season. CJ2K for the Titans. I, I don't know why I'm thinking Chad Ochocinco's name is Chris. John, His it's name is Chad. Chad. Yeah. I don't know why I was including him as Chris Johnson. So the yeah, the football player I know of is the running back then. Chad Johnson is an entirely different human being. Um, but anyways, enough talking about that. Let's get into, uh, what we There's had for the, I- Johnson. Oh, Calvin Johnson too. Yeah. A bunch Johnson's. of C Johnsons. Um, but anyways, yeah. So we had an idea for what we want to talk about in today's episode, which was, uh, some moves that could happen this off season that would shake things up. Um, and we're doing that in the form of like, a a reaction type thing, I guess, because, Jacob has this article that he found a few episodes ago now. It was like a month ago. I found yeah. this episode on Bleacher Report. Not this episode. I found this article on Bleacher Report. And for the first time in a while, there's one of them where I'm kind of like, I don't super get it. And not the trade itself, but the concept. But then yeah. there's also some things I'm like, there's a lot of them that make sense. So I feel like this would be interesting to react. And it has a little bit of Damian Lillard potential action. So... Uh, yeah, I just thought it was interesting and we didn't have time to touch on it the day I found it because we, I probably rambled about something, but, uh, we have time today cause it's off season <laughs> and that's just how things go. Yeah. So there's five players, right? It's five it, trades, five moves, five, five moves, moves okay. that are all kind of, it's not even really focusing on like big names necessarily the Dame one, obviously, but a lot of them are just like 
Um, I don't know if you've heard Lonzo Ball might not play basketball, at least yeah. this year. Let's just hope it's just this year and he just extends this offseason for another 365 days that's already been 365 days long. And let's just hope that he gets back and not say it's for the rest of his career. But the Bulls point guard problem, good old Greg Schwartz with Leach Report has found a solution. Mm. Tyus Jones, who recently was part of the Marcus Smart yeah. and Kristaps Porzingis trade, would be the point guard to solve the Bulls' point guard problems. And the reason I like this trade is because I think it finally gives the proper value to Tyus Jones in comparison to how most of the time people are kind of like underrating his value Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Especially the contract he's on is like the biggest part of the value. So it's Tyus Jones and Corey Kispert for Patrick Williams, Dalen Terry, and a 2026 second-round pick. Hmm. So... I, this Greg Schwartz must be totally off of Patrick Williams Island then, or I guess probably a, li- probably a little bit off. Yeah. Cause I feel like the bulls, if they lose Patrick Williams, because Patrick Williams fills a spot on their team. Just that, their defense. Yeah. Well, their yeah, their entire big, defense. big wing defense. Like they don't have any other big wing to really go to. So I just feel like losing him would be even bigger of an issue than not. Cause I feel like, Maybe I don't know if Bulls fans have this as if this is like a narrative on Bulls Reddit that they have a point guard problem. But I mean, they, you know, they got Alex Caruso. They just signed Kobe White to a contract and they have um, Io DeSumo that they just signed to a new contract also, which all of them play point guards. So I don't know. I just feel like it's not like they're I don't even feel like that's their biggest weakness. I feel like their biggest weakness is probably the size on their team. Um, and, and then his, I think his solution was to plug in Corey Kispert as a big wing in the Patrick Williams spot. Yeah, I think because he says mm-hmm. a starting lineup with Tyus Jones, Zach Levine, Corey Kispert, DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic could make some noise in the East. Yeah. So you're putting DeRozan at four then because. Yeah. Yeah. Kispert's like six, five, six, 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 seven. I just looked to check. Yeah, he might six, be a seven two twenty. As according to Basketball Reference, I I I don't know if I believe that, but I don't what is know Patrick either. Williams listed on there? Because I would say I would call Patrick Williams like six seven two twenty. Well, Patrick Williams is also built like differently. He's like just yeah a bigger, human. a lot you longer. Six seven two fifteen. Two fifteen. I don't think Corey Kispert is that tall. Just looking at like he's not. He's like a a shooting taller shooting guard sized, you know. He's kind of like a um, even shorter version of Kevin Herter or Duncan Robinson. I feel like he's probably like six five, six six. But maybe give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's like six six and a half, and that rounds up to seven, six seven. Um, I still don't think you're you're playing him at four. Uh, he just doesn't have the length to really compete at that spot. Uh, DeRozan does a fine job, but it's still not ideal. Um, usually when you run DeRozan at four, you want to have like a pretty rangy wing to roll out there with him that can cover some stuff up. Oh, and, and I even, also, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, and even better, probably having like a center, like how he had with the Spurs, Jakob Pertl, somebody that could protect the rim and, you know, kind of neutralize a lot of like the defensive liability that that kind of lineup brings but 
And and also he says the number four overall pick in 2022 or 2020 has shown high levels of three point shooting and defensive potential, something that a change of scenery could help unlock. So I think this is a more like getting the best version of Patrick Williams being not in the Chicago Bulls scenario. And then Mm -hmm. this is also sending stuff back there. Yeah, obviously. I I do like the idea of getting Tyus Jones into a situation like with the bulls where he has like pieces around him can kind of mm-hmm. be like the point guard to help some stuff out because with the wizards like they have zero direction i don't you know i don't like the fit of that he'll just be dribbling it down the court and then throwing it to jordan Poole. is yeah. pretty much what it feels like they're doing right now because no one's left mm-hmm. yeah and then but with the bulls though uh so i like that part of the move but the other part of it that i don't like is giving away patrick williams because like that's such a needed piece on the Bulls roster right now. On any team to be good, I feel like Patrick Williams is the archetype of player that like pushes teams over the the hump. Yeah, having and there, that guy that does that. There's some teams that have a plethora of them, like too but, many. Yeah, and don't like have the Clippers. Like, I was gonna say the Suns were like that, <clears throat> where you just had like Nicole Bridges coming off the bench, not really doing anything. You know, like well, that's kind of a shame because he's arguably like the best at that specifically, like. Play good defense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what was the next one? Next one is going to be the Knicks add shooting with Bojan Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. Ooh. Yeah. I think it's uh, So one. it is pretty much a swap for uh, Bogdanovich for Evan Fournier. And then the Knicks, all, or yeah, the Knicks also have to send a 2024 first round pick top 10 protected. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, so that that works salary wise, right? Because Fournier's like making twenty million. He was making a ton, yeah. He has yeah. a big. Um, but then apparently the reason for this one was a big part of it was the playoff three point shooting, as in you have to go back over a decade to find a team that shot so poorly from three during the postseason and still made it out of the first round. They were twenty nine point two percent from deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is quite preposterous. Yeah, them and the Cavs, like looking at their offensive and defensive ratings, like in the postseason, looking at all the teams, like the Cavs and the uh, Knicks had such a low offensive and such a low defense, like so really good defense, but also terrible offense. Um, so it was kind of a, a, a rock fight of a series. It was um, a fun series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shocking the Knicks won it in the fashion they did. Yeah, the Cavs was the way they collapsed was a very odd, unexpected thing. And, like, and I don't really know the where or the why. Yeah. Like I still have like the more you think about it, you're more like I guess they're young. They're young. Like like Donovan Mitchell's the only guy that's been in like that type of scenario for them. But it's still yeah. just wild how everything just kind of imploded. Aggressive. Yeah. They didn't seem like they had a whole lot of direction with their offense, like when they would, you know, the Knicks defense is really good. That's definitely their calling Tibbs calling card yeah. as a coach. Um, and whenever the Cavs were kind of put into a precarious situation, you know, had something taken away from them, it seemed like they didn't know how to respond or like how to counteract some things. And um, also their bigs just being completely dominated was weird. Like Jared Allen got sunned by Mitchell Robinson. Um and uh, also just the fact Jaylen that Jalen Brunson, just his, J- not Jaylen Brunson, but he just was took over. He was not the reason the Knicks offense struggled at all. Yeah. 
he he was like the Allen Iverson to the 2001 Sixers. How it's like a fully defensive roster, and then they just have like this point guard guy. It's like you you be the offensive player. <laughs> also, I think the the fact that Mobley and Allen neither of them can stretch the floor at this point. That was Mobley. Kind of, I think will get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Mobley I, I has so. a chance to get there. Allen will never be that guy. Yeah. Uh, at, at the most, I could see Allen maybe shooting like corner threes every once in a while, maybe stretching out that far because he's he's not like a bad free throw shooter, really. But uh, Mobley's shown to have really good touch around like the short mid range, kind of like a Bam type of you know shot. So I feel like you could project that out to maybe stretching it out to the three point line. Uh, but at this point, you know teams don't respect either of their shots, so they sag off of them. So playing them both together. Um, has proven to be kind of difficult to, uh, you know, ha- making their offense kind of perform as well as it should, um, especially facing a smart defensive team like the Knicks. So, but yeah, so the, what was the, the, I don't even remember what you said the trade was. Oh yeah, uh, Bojan. Bojan Bogdanovic going to the Knicks from the Pistons. For Fournier. Fournier in and 2024, first rounder, top 10 protected. Okay. I feel like so on a, pre- if I was they, the Pistons, I would want more for Bogdanovich. That would yeah. be like the tenth deal on on the list of like my favorite deals that I feel like would be out there for the Pistons side of things. Even though the Pistons have, uh, they know they're not good, so they have a lot of things to be like, oh sure, we'll take on your whatever for future stuff. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I think that like last year, uh, the reason Bojan Bogdanovich wasn't traded. I feel like it was because they didn't see a deal they liked enough. And I, I feel like there are deals out there to be made with, uh, you know, some veteran teams, especially like the Lakers at the deadline. If we see a team that's like ex- trying to compete, that just needs like to mix things up to push them over the top, basically like, like what Knicks. the Lakers were this year, like a Knicks, um, maybe they could be that this season. Um, you know, they would want to give up probably more, but they would be willing to give up more than just a, top 10 protected pick and Fournier's salary filler. So bo- both of these trades, I don't, I'm not like crazy about so far, but it's just not as bad as bleach report usually is. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's more not like the, the trades themselves, but the concept I'm like, okay, I get it. Like these actually make sense. You're not just being like, here's a big name and here's a big name. Let's swap oh, them like, for the sake like of an 2K. article. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The next one. Uh, and maybe you can give me the light. This is the one where, like, even in theory, I'm like, I don't know if I get this as much. The Hawks acquire a Raptor star, not named Siakam. Pascal Siakam. OG Ananobi? Yes. So the Hawks get OG Ananobi, and the Raptors get AJ Griffin, DeAndre Hunter, a 2024 first round, and a 2027 second round, and a 2030 second round. So it's pretty much DeAndre Hunter, A.J. Griffin, and a first-rounder with a couple second-round picks. Yeah. For OG. The reason so you I did – I don't not like it. I would like – whatever's going to go on in Toronto, I don't know if it's going to be good. So, like, give it – like, OG is a guy that I've wanted to go somewhere else for a long time. Like, let him go be him somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um but Raptors the Hawks, were, are another team that we should have brought up earlier when we were talking about they have way too many of these yes, uh, big guys. They have five of them that start. They yeah. all <laughs> they all do the same thing. Yeah. Um, so, but it's like 
and I get it, but in my brain, I'm like, what the Hawks have now, OG doesn't fill the John Collins hole, really. No, but he fills the hole of what those players that they they gave in exchange are supposed to do. Like he's a better version of, of DeAndre them. Hunter. He's basically they're basically taking DeAndre Hunter, adding his, upgrade. Yeah, adding his backup and a pick, and like upgrading that into a better version of that. Basically, I think I mean OG's not as good of a shooter as Hunter is, I guess, but definitely I mean OG. I know he's one of the best defensive wings in the NBA. Yeah, so I do see that. Stand like the appeal for the Hawks front office for wanting to get a defensive player like that to surround Trey with. I don't know who's going to be playing to the four for them. I That's guess I, I'm, OG might. I mean, it depends. Like, you can slide OG really two through four and even five in some lineups if you want. But I think you're going to have Capella there at the five. Obviously, maybe Okongwu will step into the starting four role. I kind of like that. Not a lot of shooting there, but. Wait, DeJounte Murray is still there, right? Yeah. Okay, so you got Trey, DeJounte, OG, Okongwu, and Capella. I don't hate that. That's a pretty good defensive lineup, honestly. Like, that's probably as good of a defensive lineup you can possibly build around Trey Young. Having to play Trey Young. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of like that, honestly. And that was the big focus as he did a full break. Again, this is Jeff Swartz. Jeff? I think you said Greg. Greg. It's Greg. Greg okay. Swartz, Bleach Reports article, released July 13th. If anybody wants to read through his all his descriptors, because I'm not reading them verbatim here. Um, mm-hmm. But the gist of it was Atlanta needs to improve around Trey Young defensively as they were uh, 22nd overall defensively, and they have aspirations to be better than that. <laughs> you would hope. <laughs> he didn't say that. I added that part. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but he's, uh, they're like, this is – this is a good spot to do it. Led the defense and ste- led the league in steals. Anobi did, and mm. then received the most all defensive team votes of any wing in the NBA. Oh wow, I didn't know that. But um, yeah, it makes sense. And the Raptors, I guess they, if they're doing that, it's probably more of a rebuilding type of move, uh, which is definitely on the horizon. I feel like for this Toronto team. Um, at the very least, maybe reconfigure because I feel like you you could make some moves to retool around Pascal Siakam and some stuff maybe to make you know one of their one of their playoff contending type of teams like they've had in recent years ever since the championship year really so uh, yeah I don't it's hate just it weird for Raptors, that they won but, a title like if yeah. you think if you like sit and think about it. Like, they pretty much just lost Kawhi and now Nick Nurse. But, like, from what we've seen, they've lost more than obviously just Kawhi. But, like, that was the big thing that changed. And then they were, like, just kind of not good. Pascal Siakam turned into, like, a way worse player. Fred Van For Vliet. one year. He had a down year after the And I think it was because it was the COVID year, which is, if anybody's going to have, like, a, oh, this is a... Because they were playing in Tampa. That was this. That was the next year after... Um, that was two years after the, cause like the next year after the championship year was most of the year was normal. We didn't know about, you know, that was the year mm-hmm. that Gobert shut everything down and then they went into the bubble. So that they weren't playing in Tampa yet. The next year they were. But was Pascal he bad Siak- before the bubble? I don't think he was terrible yeah. before the bubble. The before the bubble was the year that everybody kind of turned, at least according to my memory, that was the year that everybody started calling Pascal Siakam the, uh, the real playoff back- P. No, like, uh, what's it called? What are those called? Julius Randle also has the nickname. 
It's like a spinning toy that dreidel. No, it's like a fighting thing. It's Beyblade. Beyblade. There we go. You know, you know how that was Pascal Siakam's nickname for. I only know Pas. The only sp- like nickname is Spicy Pete. I don't oh, know any like other a, nickname. Insulting nickname is what I mean. It was like Beyblade because he just because like he only spams spin move. Like they're making fun of how he he at least in the playoffs in the bubble. I think is what it was in the first because he struggled. <clears throat> Even though they went to the conference finals, he struggled like that whole playoff run basically. But then I, he had a bounce back year, if not the Tampa year, then the year after that. No, because I remember that people like were like, he's not playing at home. It's like a weird year. It makes sense. He's being weird. So looking at, I don't have this, but so they won in 18-19, right? The 19 yeah. season. Yep. Mm-hmm. So then going into the next year, he averaged the most points until this year that he's ever averaged. But that would in also 1920? be. In 1920? In 1920, the 20 season, he had 22.9 points a game. Yeah. But and that's, then, he was the number one option for the first time also. And that makes sense that you would get the – similar to the Jalen Brown thing we brought up is like, is it him improving as a player or is it a situation he's getting more looks, usage type of thing? And then yeah. the year after he had the drop in points per game, uh, more turnovers a game, uh, less rebounds a game, assists, more assists. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I just – he's been like a – I also think that, like, after that season, seeing him play along Kawhi, people shot him to this, like, maybe lofty value in their brain. Yeah, and that was his breakout also. That was his breakout season. Came out and on then, the scene. And then came back down to a more realistic. Mm-hmm. This pastor, yeah. I think, is probably, like, the, the Pascal Siakam that we uh, can expect or, like, this is the level of a player he is. Oh, yeah. No, I now that we're talking about this again, I think you're right. The, the bubble's when he collapsed. And then the next year after, he was bad. after like the Tampa Bay, well, the year it, they played in Tampa, he looked yeah, really bad. Yeah, because now that I'm thinking about it, I'm trying to remember. I was like, I remember people talking about Pascal Siakam as if he was like an MVP candidate at one point. I was like, oh yeah, that was the beginning of the 1920 season. So that would have been right, season, right after Kawhi left. And the bubble season, he got bad in the bubble. Did not look great in the bubble. I think it was it was a playoff year. I can't remember if it was the bubble or if it was 2021. One of those playoff years. Well, no, because I thought his entire 20, 21 season, he was just bad. Oh, yeah, they didn't even make the playoffs in 2021. So no. it had to have been 2020. Yeah. Um, I think they, they were, like, so bad. That's how. That's why they ha- – I thought it was their pick is why they have uh, the guy that looks like Stitch. Um, um, what? Scotty yeah, like, Oh. Interesting. I think that it was their pick, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, they were really bad in 2021. I think they struggled. Like, how many games did he even play? 56? Yeah, so not a lot. Um, but, yeah, they they were they had a down year for sure. Scotty Barnes really has a really big mouth. <laughs> like, yeah, he, physically not. I don't yeah. think he really chirps all that much at people, from what I understand. Like, he's like a – he's not oh, like a oh, yeah. crap talk. He mean. just has a large physical mouth. Yeah. He definitely has like, a unique look. Yeah, you I, know I, who he is for sure. Oh yeah, but I I just never would have, I never thought of Lilo and Stitch or St- you just Stitch before. Yeah. Um, but interesting. I I don't I don't think you're wrong when you say that. You know. <laughs> yeah, if I had a superpower, it's that. <laughs> like oh, obscure animated person. I saw somebody look like Bartok the Magnificent before. Who? I was at a grocery store recently. Bartok the Magnificent. He's a little white bat. 
Bartok. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think what he's originally from. I know him from his, his spinoff standalone movie, Anastasia. He's the white little uh, bat. That's like a 50s movie, isn't it? No. Whoa. And, Anastasia? No, it's <laughs> not that old. Oh, I'm the, thinking of Fantasia. Disney's Fantasia. Yeah, Anastasia. It's about like okay. the Russian princess where the Bolsheviks came in and like killed the whole royal family, but Princess Anastasia got away. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 1999. But the little white bat that I don't know who the, I can't remember what the I bat is. I've never guy's seen name this is. thing before in my Bartok? life. Bartok? Bartok, yeah. Oh no, Bartok the Magnificent. He has his own spin-off movie and it's fantastic. Okay. I see him now, but yeah, I I don't What's the bad guy in Anastasia? It's not Oh, it's Rasputin. Okay. Oh yeah, I I actually overshot or undershot, however you want to put it, Fantasia. It came out in 1940. Oh wow. Yeah. But anyways, um yeah, so what were we talking about the the Raptors for some reason we're talking about Siakam. Oh, we got the little um, one stitch, and then I said it was my superpower to see people that look different. Yeah, we yeah. We talked about but, Bar Talk the Magnificent in the grocery store. Anyway, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't really want to see this happen at all. The OG and OB trade? To Atlanta. I don't really want to see it. For, like, for what, from what perspective do you not want to see it? Um, fun. Good. For, like, for whose interest? Like, for OGs? For, okay. So, like, I feel like... It's good for Atlanta. Them upgrading that position defensively, it can't yeah. hurt. Because despite their best efforts of just surrounding Trey Young with defense, they were still pretty bad last Which year. Which they have not done. They've never had a best effort at that. So that's been their struggle. Th- like this, would be had, their, this would be the first time they've actually built an all-defensive lineup around him. They, they've before made they've the move. sprinkled in some defenders. Yeah. Um, and like, oh, Clint Capella, be enough defensively. And it doesn't work like that. Um, yeah, and then, but like on the Raptors side, I, it makes sense because it's just pushing the timeline back because their timeline is not clo- soon. Mm-hmm. And did they pay him yet? I can't remember if they have to pay him still. OG, yeah, I think he because for Toronto, it is he's on his first extension for sure. It's a now. protection against losing another star in free agency as he can choose to turn down the final. $19.9 million and oh in 2024-25. That is a very so like, team friendly deal. He's definitely going to turn that down. <laughs> yes. And so then they would get something for what they're going to lose, most likely. Okay, yeah. So this was his first rookie extension, his after his first rookie contract. So he's already been in the league. Wow. I I feels like his rookie year was just like la- like last year or two years. You know what I mean? But it was 2018 it would have been the year the Cavs rolled through them because he guarded LeBron and that he was guarding LeBron on that you know that weird LeBron floater bank shot to win the series yeah Yeah. a rookie OG but I feel like I mean for OG this would be a good fit with Atlanta but that would put Atlanta in a precarious situation with contracts though which definitely makes sense why they were so eager to get off of John Collins yeah, because they were um, already in kind of like dicey water anyway. Yeah, if they want to keep the DeJounte, Murray, and Trey Young backcourt together, uh, it's going to be because DeJounte is on a very cheap contract when they got him, and I think he's still technically on that right now. Next year it ticks over the the bigger one, I think. Oh, okay, so they, they've already extended him. I thought so, but I might my brain might be mixing players up. No, you might be right. I don't know off the top of my head if they have. Yeah. 
Wow, they got him on a good extension too. Oh wow. I, I guess, guess he had kind of a down year before. And he's had some character issues that I feel like has probably brought That's his That's why value. I think he wasn't a spur because yeah. Greg Popovich tends to not deal with character issues very well. Yeah. That's why Lonnie Walker is not a spur. That's why <laughs> there's like a long list of people that are like, yeah. oh, that's like, that'd be a good fit for the Spurs. And then he's just like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Josh Primo. Yeah, probably don't need to even go into that one. <laughs> yeah. Also, in the defense of Josh Primo, he got uh, drafted way too early. He was the 12th overall pick. Wh- why does that defend him? That he should not have been thrust in the position he was by the Spurs because they <laughs> picked him very early. Well, that that wasn't his issue. His issue was just showing his junk to a therapist or team therapist or whatever. I didn't. I thought he just had mental health issues. I, I never. No, he he was exposed himself to the female oh, team therapist because he he the day before. I okay. I remember this sequence now. Multiple times he did it. The day before he was like, "I'm struggling. I'm going to step away." And then the next that was day, sta- that was the statement he released after this stuff came out. It was before. No, it was after. Well, I guess the stuff wasn't confirmed yet, but I had known about the accusations at least already. And then he was like, I need to take some time to focus on my mental health. And then the big story the next day, like from all the podcasts and stuff, people were like, you can't use mental, like people are using mental health now as like a getaway free card on like everything um which i don't think he his, was necessarily okay. but. he was waived by the spurs on the 28th in a statement released by Woj. he's seeking health treatment due to previous trauma the next day it was revealed that primo allegedly exposed himself to several women that's i would just remember it the other way around but maybe i don't know maybe the i just remember people calling him like okay you can't just like mental health ben simmons it yeah I, say, I don't want to but then it was revealed that he was being – now I remember this. I don't remember how I forgot that this is what got Josh Primo in trouble. Yeah. I can't really I mean, remember they, that There was no reason they would have – because he was, he was like a bright young like prospect for them, for their team. Like it was – they had high hopes for him for the most part. And then that happened. Because you're right. I remember them waving him. Because, yeah, that, that is how I – the first thing I saw was he got waived. And I was like, why the heck would they wave Josh Primo? What in the world? Like they just picked him 12th two years ago, and he, he's been doing fine. Why, why would they release him? And then it came out. Yeah, so you're right. You're right. I, for some reason, I remember reading that quote about needing to step away and thinking, you know, having the knowledge of the alleged accusation, you know, already as i read that because i was i remember thinking of it in a kind of like oh sure guy like that's kind of a weird thing to say when this is what you're being accused of but that could have been after the fact that i did that um but anyways this isn't examine why logan remembers things different ways this is hoop theory so josh primo yeah he got Waved by the Spurs, but why did we start talking about that? Dejounte Murray character Has issues. Character issues. Something allegedly. I don't know him. I, I I wouldn't even say allegedly. I've never even heard anybody say that. I've just noticed it with how like all those videos of him, like just how he plays with people, like how he hits people on the head with a ball, and <laughs> like did you have you seen that? 
No. He's done that in a couple games. Like, ever since he's left the Spurs is when I've started seeing it. Because I always used to think of DeJounte Murray as just his, like, normal guy. But now it's like, why is he so over the top? Like, he hit Paulo Bancaro in the – they had, like, a pro-am scrimmage run before Bancaro's rookie year, so last summer. And he, like, smacked him in the head with the basketball in, like, during the flow of a game. Like, just for the sake of doing it. And – Oh, like, he's, like, a disrespectful thing. Yeah. He does this all the time. Yeah. And he also he he like hit or pushed that ref after a playoff game. Yeah, got, and then and there was somebody that felt that. Well, also, I don't know why he got like Jason Tatum did the exact same thing. I I will never understand why Dejounte Murray got a game and Jason Tatum didn't. Oh wait, so what what did Jason Tatum do? Jason Tatum like in the same Dejounte Murray was a lot more targeted, but Jason Tatum was like angry, fighting with the ref, and on his like way out, he like threw his arms and like made contact with the ref. Which you just can't do. Yeah, it was this, that, that wasn't that more inadvertent looking. At least looking, I it doesn't. I doesn't. Yeah, because the the I just remember I haven't seen it in a while, but the Dejounte ref video looked like it was he just like walked up to him and I don't did he hit him? Did he shove him? I don't even remember what he did to him. Well, because I think Jason Tatum's what got Dejounte Murray mad. Oh, like I think yeah, I'm that, or maybe now. John Collins got mad when Jason Tatum didn't get ejected after that. Okay, so DeJounte is pointing and yelling at a ref as he's walking out. Because he, like, Jason Tatum was, like, walking by and he, like, pushed, like, get out of my way. But you just can't push the ref. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, but that is different than what – I'm looking at the DeJounte video now. He walks up to the ref, puts his – like, he gets right in his ear to, like, say something to him and hits him – he, like, hits his shoulder with his chest – like he just like ah. just comes up into his face, like trying to intimidate him and bumps him type of thing. Just look uh, like a thing that I don't know what goes through your head to think like, yeah, that's I'm just going to do that. I'm going to walk up to the ref and try to like physically intimidate him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised that this is the one that we talked the most about. The one the next one's the one I'm most excited about on the list. Yeah, it, it kind of brought us on some different tangents, but <laughs> that's true. Uh, also, yeah. oh, I like this one the most out of the I, three so far, for sure. people call me a Josh Primo defender, I forgot that he did that. Okay, yeah. I was trying to help you out a little bit because I was like, I this seems like he probably doesn't – he's not thinking totally of the same forgot. thing. I totally Yeah. I like, totally that, forgot. I was like so confused. I was like, how does that defend – So that the, PR, <laughs> the PR worked. Me getting hit with the mental health oh, PR in the front. I forgot about like the actual terrible thing that he did. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, well, still alleged. I don't. I don't think it was ever necessarily proven, but I would uh, definitely some. If the Spurs waived him that quickly, definitely they, some. Uh, they were reason to be concerned about it. Yeah, honestly, this one, this this one, I find so exciting. I almost want to skip to the Dame one instead and do this one last. Oh, uh, do that one last. Okay, yeah, let's do it. It's more because there's a player. I'm this this seems like it will be our entire episode. I'm kind of surprised this is. I thought we might have to find something else after we got done talking about it, but it's been fruitful. Yeah. Um, so this is a Damian Lillard four-team blockbuster. Okay. Lillard four goes team. to the Heat, and Harden goes to the Clippers. I've thought about this before. Okay. I don't know if it will work out the exact same way, but I've said from the very beginning, as soon as like as soon, like both of them demanded a trade, I was like, why don't they just – not trade them straight up for each other, but like, but like if they had like a three or four team deal, they could, you know, use them. It's a wild. Okay. So the Heat receive Damian Lillard and Marcus Morris Sr., which the reason I was like, 
is there like a more Miami guy? Marcus Morris Sr., if he buys in, is a very – feels like he's a Miami guy. Yeah, Mark. they just had Markeith a couple of years ago when Jokic gave him a yep. flash. <laughs> <laughs> so the Heat received Lillard and Marcus Morris. The Clippers received James Harden and P.J. Tucker. Okay. So then the Sixers get Tyler Hero, Caleb Martin, Robert Covington, and two second-round picks. Tyler from okay, the so Heat. Sixers get Hero, Covington. Actually, I think just Martin. for like obviously people listening, this is not helpful. Is there a I can't remember. Did we figure out if there's a text chat? Oh, um, in this? I think there is? was. Yeah, there is chat. It's down at the bottom right. Can you see that? Yes, I can. Okay. I'll, I'll just receives... read it for everybody and you can process it. Okay. Yeah. So the, as I said, the Heat get Dame and Marcus Morris Sr. The Clippers get James Harden and PJ Tucker. The Sixers get Tyler Hero, Caleb Martin, Robert Covington, and two seconds from Miami in 28 and 29. The Trailblazers get – take a deep breath because there's a lot. A 2027 <laughs> and 2029 unprotected first-round picks from the Heat, a 2028 and 2030 first-round picks from the Clippers, mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, Nick Batum, Nikola Jovic, Kobe Brown, Amir Coffey, and Jason Preston. Which I think is just salary fitting for the Clippers, yeah, because they're taking on PJ Tucker's contract, which is pretty hefty, and James Harden's contract, which is obviously pretty hefty. Um, and so yeah, it's like Portland is absorbing a bunch of like salaries that aren't great, but getting four first round picks out of it that are all unprotected. Well, I think that the thing is why there's so many of them is because none of the salaries are that big. Yeah, that's no. That's what I'm saying is like that's why the Portland list looks so long because it's yeah. a lot of guys that are just kind of like Kyle Lowry's like the big salary piece, so it's not like five more guys long. Yeah. But, um, uh, what What does Nick Batum make? I don't even think his I contract's that, that big. Like, five years ago, he was like that old guy that was overpaid, so maybe he's just well, the yeah, old guy he, that's properly he, paid. He was in the what we've talked about in a previous episode that 2016 CBA summer craziness, the Timothy Mozgov, you know, summer. Yeah. Also, when, since we last the, spoke, those deals. Anthony Davis got paid gigazillions of dollars. Yes, he did. So, which let's save that for after this list. Honestly, we'll end the episode on that. Um, oh, Nick Batum makes okay. He makes a decent amount, but like eleven point seven for next year. But I think the rest of those guys would be in the just, single digits. I think. Yeah. Um, so breaking it down, who won the trade? Yeah. Um, Is it the Trailblazers? Did they actually somehow lose Damian Lillard? But, like, thinking about what they want to get done, they don't bring in that many point guards. They bring in Kyle Lowry, who can be, like, veteran point guard presence for all their I young guards. I stays there. I, if this trade happens, With the new I CBA think... where you can't, uh, you can't just, like, get bought out and then go sign with a good team if they're over the cap? I'm, I'm saying that I think this happens, like, when the trade ha- – if this trade happens in the offseason – he I retires? think Kyle Lowry – no, not retires. I feel like he probably goes and just ends his career with with the Raptors. I think he just goes and – because the Raptors isn't a team that's going to be over the cap, you know. It's, He's, yeah, that's true. He just goes and finishes out with the Raptors. Okay, he, said, he said that in the past, that he wants to come back to end his career with Toronto in, some, in one way or another. Like whether it's just like even after he's completely done playing and he just signs for a day or, you know, to something like that. Raptor. Yeah. 
But four unprotected first rounds, and the thing I think is interesting is the Clippers' first rounds are five years out and seven years out. Because it, or it's four years out. Twenty twenty seven is four. It's tw- no, the Clippers. The picks they're getting from the Clippers are the twenty eight and oh. the twenty thirties. Yeah. So like the Clippers could be terrible then. Yeah, very very likely. Honestly, and they're unprotected. This could end up being yeah. like. And they don't have any other other like these are the only. Clippers picks that I think they have available to trade after you know because they had oh, all the the Paul the rest George of them and Kawhi. Are in Oklahoma. Yeah, um, I think these are the only ones, like, only new ones on the dock because you can only do like six years out or whatever it is, seven years out, mm-hmm. something. And so these are the new ones that have come in since then. Um, now they're trading those, and you can also only do every other year. For those who don't know, you can't trade consecutive first round. They picks. did that because of Danny Ainge, the Stepien rule, I think is what they call it. Well, because that was the GM for the Nets, I'm pretty sure. I think the Nets GM was Bobby. Bobby Marks was in the front office. I don't know if he was the the GM GM. It might be the person who made the rule. Wait, what? I thought that the stepping rule. Well, it couldn't have existed when the because we got Jalen and Jason in back to back first round picks with Nets picks. Were they both Nets picks, or were they just they just came from the when, Nets? Like the Nets when, could have had. So it Ted Stepien owned the Cavs in 1983, and he sold them. The NBA then created a rule which prevents the team from being without first-round picks in consecutive drafts. Mm-hmm. So how I'm just confused how the sell maybe because like they were like protected. That, and, what, no, I'm saying like the picks could have come from the Nets deal, but they weren't necessarily the Nets picks. Both of them, one of them could have been the Nets, and oh, another one could have been from a different team. Okay, they just had it. But then the thing that I don't get. Is because they got. Is it because it got done so long ago? That's why Jalen and Jason both had Celtics hat on on draft night. Oh yeah, yeah, they were in full possession because that trade was the Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Yeah, it was trade. way before. Because yeah. just the NBA is weird. Because like the trade will happen, but you still get drafted by yeah the team. That'll, that's if it like it happens the year week, before a week okay, before, right before the draft okay. or on draft night. Okay. Something like that. But like if it's if it's at least like a month out, I feel like at that point a, a just, month is about is what you need probably for it to be official in the okay. NBA, which seems like forever. Like it shouldn't take that long. But But in season is stuff faster? Well yeah, I mean see in season it's like the like same they play like what like who was that? Harrison Barnes or what well, some player played at for a team. Time. Yeah, he got traded. He found out he got traded at halftime. But it, there was some player that played a game for a team and then he got traded right after that game. And then he played not the next night, but the night after that he suited up and played for the new Bridges team. Did that. Was it Mikhail Bridges? I was thinking that was, he played 83 games this year. Yeah. Yeah. So he might've been the one that played like really like short back to back, not back to back literally, but pretty Almost. quick turnaround um, yeah. played for two different teams. But um yeah, so that I mean that has to be official at that point if you're actually in the game playing. But That's for some reason, true. I've heard that the NBA has said the reason why they like to do the drafting the way they do with the hats, like, is to avoid confusion, which I just vo- have always found <laughs> wild. They think it avoids confusion because they if they don't want the scenario of where a trade they think is going to happen, but then it doesn't happen, and so then they were like, oh, we told you you're getting traded, but you're not and you're wearing the wrong hat now, you know? But, like, the, the NFL, vast majority of the time, that the does NFL, not happen. Roger Goodell's sitting there getting booed, like he always does, and then you hear the... 
a trade has happened. And then the entire background flashes to the new team's colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's what they should do. But they say... So it's like, oh, the Eagles are picking. And there's Eagle Green behind me with an Eagle logo. And then, yeah. oh, the Eagles are sending this pick to the... What's the opposite of Green? To the the uh, Kansas City Vikings. Chiefs. Oh, that works too. Yeah. But yeah, we'll go Vikings. And then there's a giant just boosh, flash of purple... And then the Vikings logo pops up. That's not confusing. That's yeah. very clear what's happening. Yep. It is. But they, I think what they were worried about is like th- uh, the deal falling apart like the next day or, you know, like something like that. Well, then just make, make them commit. Well, even if – like I just feel like it's not a big deal because that rarely ever happens. You know what I mean? It's like a, a it's a big story when something like that does happen when it does fall through. You know what I mean? I feel like it's equally as confusing as seeing a draft photo of Luka Doncic holding hawk stuff. I would argue that's way more confusing for everybody <laughs> yes, involved because you think it's Photoshop, but then it lets you know. Like if some little twelve year old Timmy in like five years, so he's seven right now, some seven year old that doesn't watch the NBA finally gets into it, he's like. Luca played for the Hawks. No, he never did, and nobody ever thought he was going to. Yeah, yeah well, that was exactly. a couple seconds, but. But like the was, thing is, some people do because it's confusing. Like the people who do know, <laughs> no, like knew that he was never going to. But there are a lot of people are like who aren't as familiar and aren't as like privy to what ha- what is going on. They're like, oh, he's going to the Hawks, and because that's what that's how it's shown was, and displayed everywhere. And like, so is okay. Question: Was the Luca one before they picked anybody, or was it technically yes, after? It was an, it was announced before Luca was even picked. I always thought it was – my brain thought – see, I was one of the confused ones. I thought that they made this decision at pick four because it was three and five, wasn't it? No. Yeah, it was three and five. Mm -hmm. So I thought pick – during the time of pick four is when they're like, swap. Mm -mm. They they had already orchestrated that the Hawks were going to pick Luka Doncic for for the Mavs and the Mavs were going to pick Trey Young for the Hawks because that's the way they have to do it. Would have been hilarious – Who's pick five? The Hawk or the Mavericks were. Who's pick four? I mean, sorry. Oh, the player. Yeah. No. Who's the the team? The team was the Grizzlies because it was Jaron Jackson. Pretty Just sure light four. light the world on fire and take Luca. Yeah. Well, Luca got pick three, so they would have taken Trey. Take Trey. That would have just been funny. Yeah. Yeah. Because would have been Hawks- funny, but you probably don't. If you're a GM that because I'm sure. That GM is probably looped in on what the other two GMs are trying to do. Yeah, and but still, that'd be yeah, hilarious. If, if he did, if he did do something like that, he just that probably would lower his reputation a lot in terms of making deals. Like, because I feel like that's a big thing with GMs is keeping relations pretty cordial or like yeah. or like pleasant. So like, hey, I scratch your back, you scratch mine, and if you don't do that, then everybody kind of hates you. That's why it's confusing you. <laughs> why people do deals with Danny Ainge or Daryl Morey ever. Yeah. Because I feel like I've never seen him scratch anybody's back, unless it's James Harden's. And they're yeah. great GMs. Like I'm not, but like they just don't lose mm-hmm. almost ever. And that means you're not helping other people out if you don't lose trades. Yeah, for the That's, most. Part. I guess if you've got like a four and the guy needs a four and uh, you kind of need a one. Yeah, like, if what what your team's needs are extremely different, then sometimes it can be can help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was a wild. Uh, thing but dame i dame damon lillard will be wearing 
a Heat jersey if I had to imagine by Christmas for sure. We got into that because you said the Blazers would have would you asked the question if they're the winners, yes, right of this trade. And um, I feel like just because of the the win, those first pit first round picks come into play. That's like a big big thing. Like these could be two top five picks easily from yeah. the Clippers. And the, all like, four of these are unprotected? Yeah, wow. All of them. And Miami, I don't think, will be as bad because Jimmy Mitt has made it sound like he plans to play for a while still because he's going to try and get that Jalen Brown money. Yeah. Quote. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what he said. Um, I feel like the Sixers the, – yeah, there's no way this happens from the Sixers side of things. How, how, are you get, how are you giving the team that has Daryl Morey as the GM the worst return? You know what I mean? That's never going to happen in a, in a 14 oh, trade. Oh, that's true. That's, yeah, that's true. That's, no, yeah, that's true. Because, like, who, Durham you know Moore I mean? somehow turn one of those seconds into a first. That'd be the only way he'd do it. <laughs> yeah. That's Sam Presti's thing. If, like, all the GMs, all the best GMs had, like, their own superpowers, you know, specific just things. just getting draft like, picks when it doesn't Sam make Presti's, sense. like, the one that is the best at finessing draft capital. Just to be like, like I'll give you the second for that first. I feel like Sam Presti's playing 2K where you try to get an entire draft, first-round draft, where you have all the picks. Mm-hmm. And your team's terrible, but you just kind of keep trying to do it. But his team's not terrible. They're very good, and they haven't started using those picks yet. That's yeah. the scariest part of the, the whole thing. They've started using some of them, but, yeah, not very many. They're if very used, shortly. It's got to be one or two of the firsts. No, they've they've had a few years now of of – they've had a few Clippers picks. Oh. They've had – because Giddy um, wasn't a Clippers pick. He was a Thunder pick, I thought. It's really hard to keep track. I have no <laughs> idea. That's I think true. the yeah, no, that was definitely the their pick because they were hoping for to land the number one pick that year for um Cade. It was Cade that year. I think and, they're happy. Like Cade yeah, obviously No, yeah. But, Giddy worked out a lot for them, honestly. Oh, so no, the Jalen Williams. The twelfth pick. Twelfth overall pick. So Santa Clara Jalen Williams. For, well, he was a Clippers pick or what? He was a Clippers pick. Okay. And I think that's the only one they've used. From the Clippers? From the Clippers. Because they also have, uh, where'd they trade Russell Westbrook to? The Rockets. They have some Rockets picks. Well, um, the Rockets have picked. So it has not been Rockets picks yet. Yeah, but it's been more than one year since they traded Russell Westbrook to the Rockets. You know? And, like, the Rockets have used their own pick because you can't – they have to have at least every other one of their oh. picks. I'm pretty sure they've had they've had to have because they've they've had like multiple first round picks in each draft the past couple of years. Did you leave? I think we lost Jacob. I don't know if he'll... that was a misinput. Hello. That was a misinput. I'm back. Did you just type your name in really fast? It made you type your name in or something. Uh, well, I just noticed it's different, and you. I have... was on the wrong tab googling. Oh, you have R O b- both capitalized. Oh. So it looks it just looks like you like frantically <laughs> like typed it in. Well, because I was like, crap, I left. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is the entire a comprehensive list. Of all their picks. 33 picks over the next eight drafts. Yeah. As of Ju- Ju- June eleventh of twenty twenty three. I feel I feel like they've had a draft in the past two years where they picked like four or five players in the first round. That will be in tw- 2025. Like, I mean, it's, ha- it's already happened. Because they got – both Jalen Williams were first-round picks, weren't they? 
I don't I don't know if Arkansas Jalen Williams was. I'll just look at it this way. 2023 draft. Because they had a lot of picks this year, too. Or a decent amount, at least. 41st overall. No, 34th overall, sorry. Okay. Thunder, they had pick 12 this year. Um, oh, because they trade a lot of them. Of course they do. Um, but looking at the 2024 draft, they have the Rockets, Jazz, Thunder, and Clippers picks. The Derek Favors deal still paying dividends. The Derek Favors deal? For, wait, what pick was that? Uh, they, well, we don't know picks yet. Just the Rockets top four protected pick in this upcoming draft. They got a Rockets top four protected for Derek Favors? No, for Russell Westbrook. Derek Favors oh. is a top ten protected first round pick. Okay. From, so they have their own, the Clippers, the Jazz, and the Rockets from the Russell Westbrook for the Rockets, Derek yeah. Favors for the Jazz, Paul George for the Clippers. Then the next year, they have the Thunders. So, but the, the, the what's funny about that is the Derek Favors is the opposite of what the other two players are there because they didn't they didn't trade Derek Favors to the Jazz. They they I'm pretty sure they traded for Derek Favors. They took on his deal in exchange for taking on his contract. The Jazz also got gave a bunch him of, a pick. Well, I just know that it, it like on inside the Thunder. No, so you're fit. right. I just wanted to point out the irony, oh. like how it's funny, how it's like it's not it's different than saying like oh in the Russell Westbrook trade because it's like the Derek Favors trade, but they weren't getting they weren't trading Derek Favors away. They were trading for Derek Favors, and they got the pick for like for that because they were doing the other team a favor in that scenario by taking his big contract. So then they have the Thunders. They have their own pick. Then they have the Rockets slash Clippers, but it says swaps. So yeah, that's I, how teams get around the Sepian rule. They they do swaps every other year usually. Okay. Um, then they have the Heat, top fourteen protected next year or in two years. Sorry, they have the Sixers, top six protected in twenty twenty five. Then they have three second round picks in twenty twenty five. In 2026, they have three first-round picks. 2027, they have two, and then things return to normal. Okay, yeah, so in the first round last year, they had pick two and pick 12 because they took Chet, two, and Jalen Williams, 12. So that had to have been from somebody. Chet must have not been their pick. That might have been the Rockets' pick. No, because the Rockets took – Rockets picked three, but they also could have had picks from trading away Russell Westbrook, again, (laughs) from Wizards maybe. Has anybody led to more first-round picks being swapped than Russell Westbrook? Um, James Harden might be there. KD's a sleeper. KD, well, KD's never been he, – he's only been traded once. Oh, you're right because he just waits till the end of his contract. And then yeah, well, technically James, he's been traded twice, but the other one was a sign-and-trade, and, trade and all, all the Warriors got was D'Lo. Because it was just like a sign you and get trade. nothing or something. Yeah, a sign and trade is like very different than like a like a trade yeah. under contract. But because like we'll give him the money we can give him. Yeah, and we'll, t- well I guess we'll take a D'Lo so we can get something. Yeah, but yeah, so that they had two picks in the lottery that year, and then they had the thirtieth pick that uh, draft as well, which they traded to the Nuggets. Um, but that was see it says that it was the Thunder drafted Peyton Watson, and then it says traded to Denver. But that trade, like Denver traded for that pick, at least a day or two before the draft. I, I remember that. I do also as well now that you say it. Yeah, 
So like on draft night, I already knew that the 30th pick was in possession of the Nuggets, but it still says that the Thunder took him. Yeah, um, which I just think is just, really no. I don't think any other sport does it in this weird way. Yeah, I don't know why they think it's confusing to do it the other way. Well, no, I just like I would just counter with the like graphic switching behind Roger Goodell that says the trade is in, or like no, that's what NBA maybe it says the no, pick is in. The pick is in. so no, it just said like it just and then there's an announcement from Roger Goodell. Thirtieth pick in the two thousand and four NFL draft has been traded from the Buffalo Bills to the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. He just says it in front of everyone, and then the pick happens. And he, that guy, comes out wearing a Green Bay Packers hat and not a Bills hat or whatever team I said. Yeah, that seems like it would make so much more sense, and it would lead to fewer confusions because most of the and time, better. They'll end up on because you know team. what you know what the Mavericks will never have a draft photo, photo they can the, throw up yeah to be like that's our guy that's our guy we drafted him like they can't take credit for drafting him even kind of in a way it's just but b- bananas yeah b a n a n a s yeah I, I don't I really don't like that because it leads to us to situations where you know we play our game at the end of some episodes where like we have to and say I'm stupid this player's that's- picked by this team. Like, but it's not just you. I, like, I hear other people do that all the time when they play games like that, where they have to give, like, this player was picked by this team, but they traded him to this team. It's like, that's a weird way to describe it. The only re- reason we have to describe, like, the only reason we describe it that way is because the way the NBA, like, is m- dumb, forces teams to do it, you know? Because, in all intents and purposes, the team that got the player is who made the decision to draft that player. Yeah. So. Yeah. But anyways, um, I think we can. Are we ready? I, okay. So like this Damian Lillard deal, I guess Damian Lillard to the heat, obviously what he wants to do. Um, what, what did you have envisioned for this deal? I guess it'd be all, it'd be a giantly like 30 minute long thing to explain. Probably. Um, I mean, I just think that Dame is putting the heat in a really like tough situation they're going to be not, the not heat, worse. The the Blazers. Yeah. Because uh, like he's saying, he wants to get traded, but he's demanding to go to a specific team. And then and doesn't have the assets to make it worth. And fun fact, when you trade the best player in the trade, you usually lose. lose. Yeah. Like it's like of note if you don't lose the trade. Like it's yeah. like, oh, wow. Shout out to Brad Stevens. Like I we were texting the night that Marcus Smart got traded. And you could like you could argue that Marcus Smart's the worst player in this entire trade, and I got mad. But yeah, I don't know if I totally agree with that anymore. Like, you were just doing it as, all, like because I was yeah. They're all three kind of on a similar level, but but like if someone were to rank them, KP, Tyus Jones, Marcus Smart, I wouldn't say you know nothing about basketball or something like that. You know, but the fact that this yeah, the Celtics got like probably the consensus best player at their peak. Yeah, for sure, and um, uh, but. A better example, I feel like uh, Danny Ainge with the, the Jazz and Gobert, um, or the uh, Messiah Ujiri with the Nuggets um, trading away Carmelo to the to the Knicks. I think the Nuggets won that trade also. But yeah, when you lose the best player, 
that rarely is the team you, that wins. You rarely win. Yeah, and but these are also the few exceptions that we're naming. The names that we've brought up, pretty elite GMs in the history of the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just like, oh, that guy was like one job and done. Yeah. Like, no, these are all pretty good at what they do, GMs. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one that I'm the most excited for involves Rudy Gobert in a roundabout way. The, oh, He's not being tra- traded. This is the the fifth thing on the The article. one that I'm the most excited about. Do you have anything uh, else you wanted to touch on? Uh, no, I think we are we can wrap okay. that up. And this is not because I think what they have makes sense, but because the concept of it brings me so much joy because of the man crush I have on Anthony Edwards. They blow up whatever the T-Wolves have going on and send Cat <laughs> to Dallas. Okay. So the Mavs get Cat. Yeah. And the T-Wolves get Christian Wood via sign-in trade and Tim Hardaway Jr., Jaden Hardy, and a 2027 unprotected first-round pick. Okay. But I just love, like, admitting, like, because I wanted him to do it with D'Lo before they got rid of D'Lo. I was like, ignore D'Lo. Ant is your future. Stop thinking that D'Lo needs to be a part of your future. And they did that. They figured it out. They moved on. Ant and Cat fit really well together, though. I don't like Ant and Gobert together. But yeah, that's what also I was like, Gobert being sent away, but nobody wants Gobert. Not yeah. nobody, but you wouldn't get maybe it as Mark good Cuban of a has enough of a crush on European players. Gobert honestly convince. would Gobert and Luca would be an awesome pair. That would be ideal. That would be like the best Gobert has ever been offensively. Potential for. Yeah. I mean, Mike Conley's been the best pick and roll partner he's had ever. And not Luka disrespecting Doncic. Mike Conley, but he's not Luca. Yeah, <laughs> one of the be- the most dynamic uh, pick and roll players in the history of the sport. So uh, that would be a, a good match. Also, uh, what is one thing you like need to get around Luca? Great defensive players. What is Rudy Gobert? Great defensive player. For all his also, faults, he's a great defensive player. They could low key just be building like an all conspiracy team because people think like Rudy Gobert is like QAnon because he like didn't believe in COVID and. Rubbed microphones. I had no and then idea. You got Kyrie, yeah, down there in Dallas. I'm not putting Luca in as a creative, per- but that's that's a big three. That w- that would be a good, and none of them like over. It's not a clashy fit for any of them. Like they all kind of uh, the reason why I don't like Gobert and Ant together is because Ant is so downhill. Like if you g- the more space you give Ant, the better he is. You know what I mean? Like when you have Cat at the five, and there's nobody on the interior. And Ant has the fastest first step of all time. Like, like getting to the rim, like every possession is a great thing for your team when you have Anthony Edwards. If you have Gobert clogging up the paint, and and, and Anthony Edwards is is not that great of a pick and roll creator yet. Like as a playmaker, throwing lobs and stuff like that, it's just he's just fun to watch. Yeah, because he is, as you so eloquently put, the fastest first step in the history of the NBA. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he's just gone. It's. He's explosive. Yeah. I've got a buddy that's a T-Wolves fan, and so I've watched a decent amount of T, and you're just like, Ant is wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's like, and my favorite part is he just doesn't look like a basketball player. He looks like a football player, yeah. Because he is a football player. Yeah. And like, when the, he wore these, like, my favorite, I was watching the game live, Ant has this white undershirt on, yeah. and he misses a shot and gets mad and just rips, rips it. the sleeve off. He started wearing those because of a like an injury he had, apparently. I don't know. I just remember that I will like he like missed a shot or something and then just like rips off the sleeve yeah. and throws it on the side. I heard it had something to do with, like a shoulder injury or something. So, like that's the reason he was wearing that type of shirt, which doesn't I don't know how that makes sense. But he was wearing like a baggy 
t-shirt type of undershirt like it looks really weird oh no the one that i've seen it was like a tight the i'm talking about like the tight white oh like a uh under armor dry fit like spandex shirt type of thing oh i guess no it was looser than i thought it was yeah he he wears like a like a loosely fitted like a like a kenny bell you know shout out to nebraska you know how <laughs> kenny bell used to wear like a red or a blue t-shirt under his under his pads and jersey every game practice no in games you blue? could see you could yeah a blue t-shirt you could see under his under his well, i don't remember the collar. kenny bell rock in the blue i'm pretty sure he wore well, that most- there's like that's a thing that like it's a lot of cornerbacks and safeties do it now they wear like a long sleeve hoodie that's really baggy when it's cold outside yeah nebraska he played for the broncos i had no idea yep well played relatively. he was on the roster he was a because he was a colorado kid oh it's from Boulder, I think. Dude, I swear I've seen this so many times where he – Kenny Bell, Nebraska, undershirt. Oh, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the blue now. It doesn't, like, stick out, like, over outside of his arms. It's, like, at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, no, it's the, the co- it's the collar. And, oh, and the, and the bottom. Yeah, you can see it there, too, sometimes. I think you can see it in the collar in some games, at least. Yeah, I forgot about that to the fact that I don't even know if I ever had this knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I just remember I just know thinking, Kenny Hell is the – Kenny Bell has the cleanest hit that was called a penalty, penalty in the yeah. history of football. It's a block too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Completely blindsided a guy that was like – he had like an angle on whoever had the ball, right? And then Kenny Bell just came out of uh, nowhere. To, Jamal Turner. Is who had the ball. Yeah. Is who had the ball. Mm-hmm. Our wide receiver room – I think that, it was Jamal Turner. Our wide receiver room that that uh, season was stacked. It's absolutely Relative. juiced. We didn't have a person that could throw the football. But yeah, but we the receivers though were completely stacked. We had Kenny Jamal Bell and okay. Jamal Turner and uh, Brandon McKinney. For everyone listening, that's not a fan of Nebraska football. Re- stacked for Nebraska. We don't churn out NFL wide receivers. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, but like, I'm pretty sure. They were ranked. I don't remember why I knew this, but I think they were considered 20... the best, the best receiver core in the Big Ten that season. What? That's wild. Yeah, like I don't know. I don't know if I could have been well, some like Bleacher Report type of type of article, not Bleacher Report specifically, but I mean, because Westerkamp, Stanley Morgan Jr., yeah, Jamal see? Turner, Demorne Pearsonell. Yeah, no. Well, I think it's also Brandon Riley was on that team. Oh, I might have gone a year or two. Early because Kenny Bell's not on here. Yeah, I was gonna say I think that's later. Isn't that later? That was than a year Bell? later. Yeah, but because I'm pretty sure Brandon McKinney was still on the team that I'm talking about. Number 84, Brandon McKinney Senior, I believe. Yeah, anyways, he was not on the team. Alonzo Moore. These are just like the best receivers that we've had and seen. Yeah. So what season are you talking about? The year that he blocked, he made that block. Yeah. Okay. Brandon, I don't think that was his senior year. I'm pretty sure, and I don't think he Kenny Bell. Brandon McKinney was. Brandon McKinney was on the team. Gotcha. Well, anyways, anyway, that was a rabbit um, hole. Yes, definitely was. Let's try to wrap this up. What, what were we talking about again? We go bear to the no go no, bear staying cat the, cat to the to the and then we we just made a better trade is what yeah, we tried to do. Making it go bear would make so much more sense for everybody. Honestly, yeah, money wise it might not, but I mean they well, probably no. make about the same. Don't they? Well, just Gobert got paid more recently, didn't he? And that yeah, usually he, just yeah. means it's higher. He, yeah, he did. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, the Mavericks in a vacuum 
Cat is still probably a more valuable player, but I just love the fit of Gobert with the Mavs. You know what I mean? Yes. Like for how it how it makes everybody's life better. Well, and Cat can get out of the paint, and Gobert super really can't. Yeah. Like if Gobert gets out of the paint, his defender's not really following him. Yeah. Offensively, Cat is obviously the better piece, and Cat and Luca would be a great dynamic pair also because Cat can roll to the rim. He's pretty good at that. For like, he's not Gobert uh, as a rim roller, but he's he's a he can do it. He's semi athletic at seven foot. So, um, but he can also pop, as we all know. He's a very good uh, shooter. So that would be a good pair. But defensively, that's like the opposite of a good. Like you can stop after listing those three players, and I'm telling you no. If you're asking me, do I want a, a lineup of Kyrie, Luka Doncic, and Car Anthony Towns? Like just defensive perspective, like. No, no, I do not want that. That would cause a lot of problems. If maybe if you're giving me prime Hakeem and uh, prime Scotty Pippen as the other two people, then I might consider it. But <laughs> but that doesn't exist in, the, in today's NBA. Yeah, we have not found the next Hakeem yet. Yeah, or we have, but uh, he's also overpaid. Go Bear, is that what you're yeah, talking I'm about? Just that was uh, a joke. It was a joke. Yeah, Go Bear is not Hakeem. No, he, um, he's not near as switchable as Hakeem. But as a rim protector, he's around. He, I mean, there. You could say that it literally about. That's how good Gobert is as a rim protector. You can say that about anybody all time. Gobert is probably. It's there not, are it's, it's not insulting to compare Gobert to as the, a rim protector to yeah, anybody anybody else in the history. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Teams are smarter now, and they have more space, so they can exploit him in the playoffs more than like I'm Mark Eaton. We talked about him earlier. I think that was before we even started recording. Yeah, we, but. But, so yeah, uh, if you were wondering, the, our conversation we have here, a little bit more on the tracks, but like, it's pretty much just how we talk to each other in general. Yeah. Just kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Logan anyway. says way more racial slur. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but anyways, uh, Mark Eaton. You um, cut that out. No, that's okay. I don't, I know you, I feel like everybody will take it as a joke. Um, okay. Obviously. Oh yeah, me saying anything's a joke. Um, I am. Um, Mark Eaton, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so if for anybody who thinks Gobert, like the reason why Gobert is looked at more negatively in today's standard is not just like he's a very good rim protector, but teams are smarter and more capable of flanking his weaknesses in the playoffs because of the excess of space that we have now and Mm -hmm. also the teams that Gobert has been a part of that is so lackluster at the defensive positions all around him that is, it, it makes it easy to put, try to put him on an Island and get him out of the picture basically by putting him, making him forcing him to guard or defend a shooter and putting that shooter as far away from the play as possible. You know, instead of there being two shooters on the floor for each team or one shooter on the floor for each team, four or five of the guys on each team can shoot that are on the floor. Like, and when you're going against and- Gobert, you roll out five. Exactly. Like for yeah, that like reason, just on purpose, you're like, let's put everyone can shoot. Yeah. And back like with, with all the other names we've brought up, they just didn't have the same problem of like teams had a shooter. They had a guy. Yeah. They didn't have everyone. Mm-hmm. And that obviously everybody, not everybody, but it, more guys could make it work. But yeah. like it wasn't, but they ex- everybody had their Steve Kerr or they had their, um, oh, I just blanked on a Like I, I see Mullen. his face. He's bald. On TNT. Reggie Miller? Um, 
Yes, Reggie Miller to a certain extent. But he's more of a superstar, but yeah. But that's not who I was thinking of. He's bald on TNT. P- Shaq? Kenny Ernie, Smith? Kenny Smith. It was, I mean, I don't think he was that great of a shooter, was he? He's a, he was an athletic some, point guard. I, he might, oh, for he some might reason have been I decent. thought he shot. He might have been a pretty good shooter, I guess. I I can't remember. I just remember him being in dunk contests. He was in dunk contests when he was younger. Um, But yeah, he was a teammate of Akeem. Full mm-hmm. circle. Anyways, the what, oh, wow. the comparison yeah. I was trying to make though was Mark Eaton. Uh, we never, you know, as prolific as a shot blocker, forty percent three point shooter. Obviously on lower volume, but on yeah. two and a half threes a game, forty okay. percent. Yeah, he's probably yeah. I I'll concede that. Um, but uh, Mark Eaton though, so he's a prolific shot blocker, but we've never had to see Mark Eaton try to defend teams the way that Gobert has to like that. We've never seen teams do to Mark Eaton what teams do to Gobert. So that's, I'm trying to, you know, give a little bit of a defense for Gobert. So he's a very good defensive player, but he's faced situations because of his roster, the team's construction around him and other circumstances, you know, uh, words, um, (laughs) can't think of words, but, uh, anyways, so, I am being summoned. Okay. So you can talk about Anthony Davis alone. I have no input. Okay. Uh, we'll, Everyone, I'll probably just save that. So we can wrap okay. up here. Thank you guys Don't for listening. Don't forget to go to the Patreon. Yep. Sorry. No, you Don't can, forget you... to go to the Patreon and buy this man a coffee because he puts in the legwork and I show up when we record. <laughs> Peace. Peace. <laughs>